is in just a resort. It is in just a world's fair, not just a cavalcade of wizardry, technology, and flair. It's not just Epicurean displays by international gourmets where one can dine, lunch, munch, crunch for days and days and days. Not just a festival of music, dance, the arts, or education, nor a pageant for the senses sparked by wild imagination. Not just communication, nor the bounty of the land. Not just the world of motion, nor the ocean or the sand. It's not just transportation, nor light or sight or sound. Not just satellites in space, nor the fossils underground. Where Epcot is concerned, there ain't no just about it. Epcot isn't just in anything, it's everything and more. A great deal more than anything the world has seen before. The perfect planned community, the splendorific sprawl. And Epcot Center is the heart of it all. Welcome back to That Park Live Podcast, home of the super long intros. <laughs> I am one of your co-hosts, Greg, joined as always by... Beth. <laughs> I'm here. You're here. We are here to say happy 40th birthday to Epcrotch. Yeah. Sorry, Epcot. And Epcot. Epcot. And uh, this is going to be a jam-packed show. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. that, one... Um, yeah, there's a little long of an intro, but there's a lot of sound that has happened at Epcot over the years. I counted, and including that intro, I have 17 sound clips today, so buckle up, everybody. Wow! It's going to be a wild ride of stuff. We're here for the ride. Also, I wish that somebody would make a song like that for me when I turn 40 in a couple of years. So <laughs> if anyone out there wants to do it, I'm here for it. Uh, you know, it's the whole, like, I'm not just this and I'm not just that. Anyways, when it comes to saying. you, there are no justs. That's right. I'm just putting out some vibes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So. uh, So much to talk about. Yes. Guys, if you didn't know, Epcot turned 40. 40. The big four. What day was that? What day did Uh, it turn 40? October 1st. October 1st. Yeah. So Epcot opened officially October Mm -hmm. uh, 1st of 1982. Just like with other things, there was an opening day and then like a televised special that happened weeks later and all that kind of stuff. So we have some clips from that and whatnot. Um, so we'll talk about some history of Epcot, what led to the birth of Epcot. You probably mm-hmm. have heard that Walt had a few ideas about Epcot. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah. We'll talk about some of the former attractions and parades and shows that you may have grown up with. Maybe you remember mm-hmm. seeing them as a kid, or maybe you were still an adult in the 80s. I don't know, but we were kids. And uh, we'll talk about that. And we have some fun facts. Facts with a Z. We lads. And also... In true 2022 fashion, if you want uh, merch, Epcot 40th merch, you can't have it because it's probably all gone already. (laughs) Well, (laughs) there are some on. So here's the thing. So however you feel about the merchandise situation in the park and the line, just know that once I saw how long the line was and I didn't go on it, I just went on to Shop Disney and I got what I wanted there because there was Epcot 40 merch there. And it's all they wanted was a shirt. I got a shirt and a hoodie. I'm good there. Um, if they have any pins left when I go there later this week, then cool. If not, I'm not going to yeah. sweat it. So. I need to go on the website. Remind me to do that. Okay? Yes, will do. So um, we also, in addition to all of that, I have some gratuitous, um, what I'm calling gratuitous music, but just some of my favorite Epcot sounds. They don't really fit into the any any of the other categories of things we're talking about today. Although okay. I guess, yeah, well, 
the attractions are still there, but these songs from these attractions aren't used anymore. So they're former right. songs for current attractions, if that makes any sense. Um, we have some sounds coming up there. But if I you think can't tell, Greg is really excited, excited and he's most excited about the sounds. Yes. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, you know, there's a podcast and you can't see anything. I also know so. you love a good sound clip, so I'm excited to hear it. I do. And if that introduction uh, little bit there was any indication, it's going to be some, – some of these are going to be – on the weirder side, I mean, think about it. When we did our 50th uh, Walt Disney World episode, some of those like advertisements, televised specials, yeah. or you know, different anniversaries, they you know they they're finding their little niche in the world. It That's seems right. like. So who better to introduce Epcot than Walt Disney himself? Epcot will take its cue from the new ideas and new technologies that are now emerging from the creative centers of American industry. It will be a community of tomorrow that will never be completed, but will always be introducing and testing and demonstrating new materials and new systems. And Epcot will always be a showcase to the world for the ingenuity and imagination of American free enterprise. I don't believe there's a challenge anywhere in the world that's more important to people everywhere than finding solutions to the problems of our cities. Very passionate about finding solutions to cities. Mm. This was in the 60s when Walt mm -hmm. thought that American cities were beyond repair. And the only way to fix this was to start from scratch. And that's where Epcot came in. So Epcot would be an actual real-life city at the heart of Walt Disney World property, which mm -hmm. gives it its name, Epcot Center. If you look at it, it's right? not literally in the center, but it is in the middle of property. Can you imagine if they actually did that? Well... I, I think about that all the time. Yes. Whenever I'm there, I'm like, can you imagine if they like if they actually like it was an actual city like he wanted it to be? And if you watch the opening day ceremony, which you'll hear a little bit about in a minute, um, Epcot was a was a larger idea, even more than I think some of us realize or think about, um, based on what I've heard and read. That Epcot Center was supposed to be literally the center, whereas like Magic Kingdom would have been a part of Epcot. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? So like, Epcot yeah. wasn't supposed to be a yeah. park; it was supposed to be an area. And the center right. would be what Walt pretty much was talking about in his diagrams, like the kind of larger stuff. But it would include all of Walt Disney World property. So Epcot would be everything, including Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. and the center of it is Epcot Center. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, we all know Walt died in 1966, well before Epcot would even begin being built. So it was up to the Walt Disney Company at the time to figure out what to do with his ideas, the land they had purchased. They purchased a lot of land for Walt Disney World and only had Magic yeah. Kingdom and a couple of resorts. The company thought of making part of Epcot like the World's Fair. At that time, they were considering it the end of the golden age of the World's Fair. So they were trying to hope to kind of keep that uh, alive. And within that, they would showcase technology and others thought it could be a tribute to world cultures something else that walt would have enjoyed so like half of the house was thinking okay let's make this world's fair ish the other half of the house was like well let's make this about cultures because walt liked that too so two completely unrelated themes which wound up as two different park models um, that were drawn up and just in conversation and we talked about this in one of our um like our is it true or not or walt disney world rumors and stuff because the mm -hmm. rumor was this and it turns out to be true that Imagineers couldn't think of an overall park theme that would include these two different parts until one day an Imagineer was looking at the two different models that were nearby each other and literally just pushed them together. And then boom, we have the Epcot that we've known for years, which before 
was called Future World, everything in the front of the park, and World Showcase, everything in the back of the park. A little bit different now with our World Celebration and Nature. So what is it? Nature, World Nature, World Celebration, World Showcase. Yeah. All the things we can't remember. Yes, I, can't, I don't know why it's we'll such get a mental there. block. We'll get there the longer they're actually <sighs> there. Such a mental block but. on that. So much, um, well, and just the construction and everything, right? Like, so yeah. it took nearly 3,000 designers, 4,000 construction workers um, just to build the first phase of Epcot. So you can just imagine all of the different um, plans and intricacies and mm. all the things. Um, it's 54 million cubic feet of dirt that was excavated to build the park. We were talking about this uh, just in uh, when people were asking about, because of course there's a hurricane going over Florida and everyone's like, Beth, how was Disney? Like, is Disney okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah people don't realize how built up mm-hmm. Disney parks are and um, like relationship to all the land around them. So we're like, and that was obviously part of a reason. I'm like, a lot of people actually go there to get safe from the storm. It's a bit so. of a safe haven. Yeah. Yeah. Like Disney's fine. Um, and the total cost to open the park was $1.4 billion, which Man, I feel like we should do some math on what that was back then. Okay, so I did the math, and it says right now that the value of like a billion dollars in 1980 now is $4 billion. So I just like doing the math on those things because yeah. I'm a nerd like that. <laughs> so yeah, so obviously it was just such a big deal. The opening of Epcot, it made national headlines. It was featured in many news outlets. Um, and I see that we have our first sound clip. We first. This is like our third. Here we well, go. This you was, know what I mean. This was an episode <laughs> of a CBS, like a local station doing some CBS news. First came Disneyland, then Disney World. Now comes Epcot, a strange sounding name, which stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. It was built at Lake Buena Vista, Florida, and Bruce Hall went there to get a preview of what Epcot is all about. Shortly before he died, Walt Disney outlined his most grandiose dream, a city of the future to be called Epcot. Now, 16 years later, the first phase of the $1 billion project is about to become a reality. Workers are putting the final touches on the 260-acre facility, which will open Friday. Disney Vice President Dick Nunes says that it's all part of taking serious subjects and making them entertaining. What I believe Walt wanted to do is to create a place where people could come and have fun together and be entertained, but also be educated. But some of the original Disney ideas have been dropped, including plans for a permanent community of 20,000 residents living under a climate-controlled dome. However, the idea for a world showcase, similar to a permanent World's Fair, remains. More than 7 million people are expected to visit Epcot in its first year. However, the opening will not mean an end to construction. Contracts have already been let for another phase of expansion, or yet another Disney vision of the future at Epcot. A lot to unpack there. I know. I'm like, okay, first of all, he said Lake Buena Vista. I just want to point that out. Buena Vista. Just for all of you guys writing that down. And there was mention of, I think, 20,000-something citizens living in a temperature-controlled dome. Dome. Can you imagine? I mean, I can. But I don't think it would ever happen. I mean, think about that. It, it's not. It's just not possible with weather and it's everything. It's not. Else, right? Also, I think there probably would have ended up being a lot of murder in there. <laughs> <laughs> Something would have gone the crime wrong. rate probably would have been a little bit higher. Yes. Anyways, and toward the end, you heard the news correspondent talking about this being the first phase of Epcot. Well, mm-hmm. what was the next phase of Epcot? Phase one included only nine countries in World Showcase. 
Phase 2 included adding more within World Showcase. Disney went as far as officially announcing those. Um, What they announced was Morocco, Norway, Spain, and Venezuela. As you know, we got only two of those, which brought the total to 11, and it's been 11 since then. Um, The other pavilions that were in the works were to be featured in World Showcase included Israel, a Swiss pavilion, Equatorial Africa. I know that Africa is a continent, not a country, but they were specifically talking about Equatorial Africa. Interesting. Um, But the reasons why they weren't built is pretty interesting. We have a couple of pavilions that were in the works that that didn't. And I don't know about you, but as soon as I started reading about this, I was like, you know what? That is a good question. Why wouldn't a... Mm pavilion be built if they announced it was going to be right so it looks like representatives of spain signed the preliminary design agreement in 1982 so they you know i i guess i didn't realize this that they like you know were talking to people in these countries to try to get them to like approve this happening is yeah, that like disney, what it was basically disney works with them to design it but they also try to get the company to pay for these um oh, pavilions right. okay. and maintain them um so that's one less thing on on disney's dime. right so there, uh, the Spanish government agreed to pay for the design. It was estimated at $500,000 at the time. But by the time it was ready to start, new government leaders were in place and they were like, we're not paying. So it stopped there. That's it. So Just... clearly, you know, they had some Disney fans and then <laughs> it changed. Their leadership changed and they were like, you know what? We don't really like you guys. Yeah. No, they just, they went back to do more negotiations, realized they didn't have any friends there and it fizzled out. And then that's just it. They never yeah. were able to get what they wanted out of it. Right. Um, the Swiss Pavilion was going to feature a Matterhorn attraction like the one they have in Disneyland Park, which would be cool. But no Swiss country was willing to pay for its construction or commit to maintaining it. So that that was just part of the deal. Disney to make a pavilion, country pays for it. They're like, you know what? We're already honored at Disneyland. Like, we're good. We don't (laughs) need to. I mean, they really kind of got the best of both worlds if you think about it. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and then there was Kenya, Senegal, and the Ivory Coast. They all agreed to fund the African Pavilion, but when it came down to specifics, the three of them like argued too much about who would get like the top billing and stuff, and then basically it all fizzled out. So yes. essentially, they all uh, fought over a toy, and nobody got the toy. Yeah, a bunch of drama queens, and then boom, there's no Africa Pavilion in Africa. Yeah. Sad day. But I mean, then they kind of got their own park in Animal Kingdom, so it's yes. like... The, Again, they came out on top. Fine. It's fine. The Israel Pavilion was interesting. I know it's not in the notes, yeah. but um, they actually got to the point where things were signed, ready to go. Um, by the time things started to actually being built, the price rose. So they were kind of concerned about mm. that. But ultimately, one of the reasons why the Israel Pavilion wasn't built was that there was concern over terrorism and, in other words, like anti Israel right. demonstrations. And um, it was proved to be right when during the, I forgot the name of the parade, the, um, I think it might've been the Tapestry of Nations, um, like Millennium Village Parade or whatever it was called in Epcot Mm -hmm. in there around the year 2000, there was an Israeli uh, themed section of the parade that was actually protested by anti-Israel groups. So like their fear of like, and you kind of might hear that be like, well, why would people do that? People protest the president in the hall of presidents right it doesn't matter if you do or don't like current one or the previous one whatever just the idea that someone's coming to protest when it's an attraction it's a parade right like what are you doing so weird reasons can you imagine if that wasn't there like when 9 11 happened you know what i mean strange you never know right i mean you just never know. know yeah 
So um, when Epcot opened in 1982, there was a TV special and, de- and a dedication ceremony. I know we kind of talked about this a little bit before. Do you have a sound clip? I have multiple. <laughs> so here's a little bit of the dedication of Epcot. Epcot Center celebrates human achievements and innovation born from imagination. It is a showplace dedicated to entertain, we hope, with a purpose. Our goals for Epcot Center are quite clear. We want to first entertain, then inform and inspire all who come here, and above all, to instill in our guests a new sense of belief and pride in mankind's ability to shape a world that offers real hope to people everywhere in the world. Do you know who said that? Who was that? That was one of the uh, park's first audio animatronics. That was a real person, but could he have been less interested in what he was saying? I know. I was literally thinking, I was like, this guy sounds like he's got to get home for dinner kind of thing. You know, he's like, yeah, it's going to be great. Are you guys ready? Awesome. I got to go. He's talking. He's looking at his watch. Like he cuts the ribbon. He's like, bye. Bye. Can you take care of this? Thanks. Got a meatloaf at home. Um, (laughs) Do you know who that was though? No, I even looked at, so like, it's a name that I don't know. I've never heard before. He was more there to introduce more popular or more influential people for the event. But that was Clearly. the official dedication. I just thought, like, man, could you imagine, like, you're there on an opening day of what was obviously a big deal because of all this press, 16 years of them making a billion-dollar mm-hmm. park. You're doing the dedication. I'd like to welcome everybody today to Epcot. To talk. All no, right. Like, thanks, everyone, for being here. We got a – what do we have? What's going on? Oh, yeah, we're at yeah. Epcot. It's, like, about, you know, innovation and <laughs> – Welcome to Epcot. Okay. So um, the TV special, though, a little more lively. That's what you heard in the introduction to this to this episode, mm-hmm. our episode. Um, that was hosted by Danny Kay, who I don't know other than being referenced in the long um, <laughs> vacation. rant in Christmas uh, Vacation. Christmas vacation. Um, uh, but I'm sure some of you... Danny Kay. Yeah, I'm sure some of you listening to this know who Danny Kay was. Mm-hmm. But um, So he was there doing his song and dance. And, um, of course, I have some more of that of that song and dance. And... Just, if you will, just come along with us, indulge us on this musical journey Listen, of this. Listen, I'm going to, before you start, Danny mm-hmm. Kay, okay? He's the other guy in with Bing Crosby in White Christmas. Oh, I haven't seen it. That's who Danny Kay is. Oh, just that so makes you know. sense. Okay, so he's a song and dance man, is my understanding, based on this television special that I watched uh, opening day of, uh, the opening ceremony of Epcot. Okay, here's a little more of Danny Kay singing and dancing around Epcot. 21st centuries now There's history happening here Before you, you see how the dream Reached its culmination The most thrilling sight one could see With visions of things yet to be A brilliant design of incredible scope Constructed of miracles, magic and hope And a new kind of joy for this weary old sphere And the 21st century begins right here This world of wonders will astound you With fantasies that you can touch and feel The world of Epcot's all around it's no fantasy. No fantasy. It's all alive and free. 
what a time to be alive in the 80s. I freaking huh? love Danny Kaye. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Man, I just I can watch him dance just all day long. All right, should we talk about some former attractions and parades and shows? Yeah, lots We're of gonna stuff. We're going to take you back in time. Um, let's start out with Horizons. We've talked about Horizons before. Mm-hmm. It's um, now Mission Space, which can suck it. Um, but Horizons <laughs> was a dark ride. <laughs> it used an omni-mover omni track, which talked about that. It took guests past show scenes depicting uh, visions of the future, and it was believed to be the sequel to Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. Uh, it was the only attraction in Future World to showcase all of Epcot's Future World elements, which was communication, energy, transportation, and my favorite, anatomy, <laughs> uh, along with humankind's relationship to the sea and the land. Uh, it did run from 83 to 1999, and in the queue line for Mission Space, you can look for the Horizons loco in the loco, logo um, in the center of the rotating gravity wheel, but I won't see it because I'm never doing that ride. No. Me, uh, but me. anyways... <laughs> Let's, I don't let's get to our. I what? have been on Horizons because I remember that it was one of those attractions where you, if I remember correctly, you had a couple of buttons to press and you could choose your. Mm. I don't want to say choose your destiny, but maybe choose your adventure yeah. type thing to learn more about one thing versus the other. But um, if you've never heard it or it's been a while since you've heard it, here's a little bit of what Horizons sounded like. High note in there, man. Horizon. <laughs> um, have you ever dreamed a dream of children? I don't know. I don't, not I don't recently. Know about that. It's, you know, not really okay now. So probably a good thing that's not out there. Somebody would be protesting that. <laughs> um, that's also like a song I feel like it takes you back straight up to like 80s. Mm. And I feel like I could just like put that on and take a nap. Yes. Times were simpler, you know? turns out, in the 80s. It's very butterfly in the sky. <laughs> I can fly twice as high. <laughs> Anyway. All right. That's enough for Horizons. Let's move on to the universe of energy. This had gone under at least one transformation, but the original version was an opening day attraction. And then in 1996, it became Ellen's Energy Adventure, hashtag Stupid Judy. And Mm -hmm. it included Bill Nye the Science Guy. You might remember that. Um, I I like the Ellen uh, Energy Adventure version of the universe of energy. I don't actually remember it from my own experience. What it was like before it was the Ellen mm-hmm. version. Um, it closed in 2017 and is now the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind coaster. I'm definitely okay with the upgrade that it's gotten. Yes, it's quite <laughs> different. Okay but one thing I miss is the true banger of a song from <laughs> the Universe of Energy. This is like an old school. This is an old school Epcot song. I feel mm-hmm. like I semi recently played this on our show. I forget I why. So probably because I heard it somewhere. But it is timeless, and you will have to hear it again. So here's a little bit of Universe of Energy. Get ready to dance. 
gotta, I could play it all day. It's I'm ready for someone to take these songs and make them like newer hip, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, why hasn't anyone done that yet? I mean, I guess because you got to have rights to the songs, could but be. Could be. somebody could do some underground stuff with it. Um, let's move on to one of my favorites is Kitchen Cabaret. Oh. We do have some videos of Kitchen Cabaret from Doug's trips when he was younger. Oh my uh, goodness. And slash Food Rocks. Food Rocks is really what my favorite was. Yes. Um, it's now Soren. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Um, it is now Soren, which is nothing like what it was, right? So right. Kitchen Cabaret was the original one with like dancing food and stuff. And if you've heard the Veggie Veggie Fruit Fruit, little the, like the little quick segment in the Epcot Forever Fireworks show, that's where this is from. Mm-hmm. All right. This is where that is from. And that eventually became Food Rocks, which is the one that I remember most. I don't really remember a kitchen cabaret, but Food Rocks was hosted by the food rapper, so voiced so by Tone Loke, if you even know who mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Um, other than songs and stuff, I remember him from Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yes, but anyway, I was going to say Ace Ventura. <laughs> yes. Um, Funky Cold Medina, right? That's mm-hmm. like his song. Okay. So uh, he was the host. Uh, was, he was an animatronic food rapper, meaning like the rapper of a food, but also yes. rapper okay, like with a W. W-R without. rapper. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so he hosted and stuff, but it was a bunch of covers. So like they, it would be like mm-hmm. Peter Gabriel singing this song. Instead of yes. Peter, it was Pita, and it was a Pita. Okay. That's so what we're great. talking about. That's what we're working with here. So um, I have a couple of clips. I had to narrow it down. I know I played some Food Rocks mm-hmm. clips in the past, so I chose yep. my true favorites. Okay. So here are a couple of uh, Food Rocks clips. Now put your hands together for the utensils. When you're cooking with us, there's so much you can do. You can bake, you can fry, you can roast, you can stew. And some fire. Got so many things happening. They rhyme the we'll word fun with kitchen. It. Yeah, kitchen. <laughs> they rhyme fun with kitchen. I mean, so good for them. They were they were really struggling, but it's okay. The Are utensils. Get it? Instead of you two, the it's utensils. utensils. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, let's do a little more food rocks. How many every, songs have you heard that reference every a fried knish? <laughs> breaded fish. <laughs> yes. Oh, do you classic. even have we talked about knishes yet? I don't think we've talked about a knish. Tell me what a knish is. Do you do you not actually know what a knish is? I really that... don't know what a knish is right now. <laughs> um, it's weird. You move to places, and you're like, oh, you've never heard of a knish before. So mm-hmm. it's possible. You're from New York. Tell thing. me what a knish is. Um, it's just it's basically like a potato in like a, a f- like a doughy pouch basically that maybe okay. is fried or baked or something but it's potato based like based. a large french fry well think of like <laughs> kind like of yeah kind fry. of but like inside of it is not quite a mashed potato but it's like certainly okay. i don't know it's not as like fluffy as a uh, french fry if that makes any french sense fry. but think like a really if big maybe a, like a really big fried, steak fry a fried 
potato anyway, I'll take it. I'll okay, eat it. yeah, it's I potato would love bites. a knish. Um, hopefully you're not sick of food rocks because I got one more for you, and this yes. might be my favorite. Okay. Um, of all of them, especially if you have seen this before. You're, if, if you if you don't remember what this is, this is a fish that kind of looks like Cher. Hello. I mean, if you told me that that was Cher, I would believe you. <laughs> like that was that girl is good, whoever that was. Yes. I hope she's a Cher impersonator nowadays. Oh my goodness. I mean, some she's probably my, aged out, but I'm just saying. Some of my favorite <laughs> lyrics in there: "Meat can be neat if you keep mm-hmm. it lean." Come on now. So good. That's life. I put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> uh, we put it on a T-shirt. Only yeah. the only the cool kids will know what it is. All right, that's the end of our food rocks journey. Yeah. Okay, should we talk about one of uh, another one of my favorites? Yes. Honey, I shrunk the audience. Um, it's now Pixar Shorts because I feel like they just could never figure out really what to do with that. Yes. With that studio. Um, so it's Pixar Shorts now. But it was a 3D immersive show, kind of like Fill Our Magic, where you'd sit, um, featured obviously characters of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies, which were super popular back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, the theater showed Captain EO, which scared me to death as a child. <laughs> so I was fine with it up being upgraded. If you don't know, Captain EO starred Michael Jackson, who obviously it was a huge pop star at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, it showed Magic Journeys, which is a trip in many ways than one um, of a show, basically. We've shared some clips on this in the past. I hope you brought, an, I think I saw that you have a sound clip from that, do you not? I have a sound Later clip. Later in the show? But it's okay. not Magic Journeys. Oh, um, it's not Magic Journeys. No. Magic Journeys is freaking creepy. I think we need to use that for our episode that we do on spooky things. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> but... Did you know that the pre-show for Magic Journeys, which was sponsored by Kodak, was where this song was originally featured? It's a Sherman Brothers original, and it's been used so many other times. Long before the old Model T, round about the turn of the century, folks discovered a barrel of fun, taking pictures by the light of the sun, smile, hug, look at the camera, hold your breath and say cheese. Jeez, little did they realize back then they were making memories. Making memories, making memories, taking pictures is making memories, catching little pieces of time, making them yours and making them mine. Birthday face. I don't know if you knew that started in Epcot. Yeah, I did not know that. I did not. voice too. So I was listening to the Epcot Forever soundtrack. So that's the the music that goes to the fireworks show that we think might be returning once um, Harmonious is retired or whatever they're calling it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, huh, because they do include some other Disney music, but they don't do it until they do the the whole new world part, right? And after that, they start doing Mm -hmm. some more Disney music. So it's like, huh, making memories. Like, I know that's like a song that's been used down Main Street. And just like a bunch of other like maybe more Magic Kingdom or overall Disney things. I was like, why is that in the in the Epcot so Forever creepy, show? That's so strange. Creepy A Magic Journeys. Yes. <laughs> so I did some research and I was like, oh my gosh, it was just used in the pre-show of, mm-hmm. of Magic Journeys. Which yeah. makes sense because it was sponsored by Kodak. So of course we're talking right. about taking pictures is making memories. Mm-hmm. The Sherman Brothers wrote that for Kodak to be used in the pre-show to Magic Journeys. 
crazy. All right, let's go over to a pavilion that doesn't exist anymore. Um, well, I guess it's physically there, but they don't call it that this anymore. It's the Wonders of Life Pavilion. So if you're looking at um, the new Cosmic Rewind and mm -hmm. Mission Space, it's in between those. So we're talking that corner of the park. And uh, for the longest time, it was sponsored by MetLife. So the Wonders of Life Pavilion featured a couple of different attractions. More recently, even though the attractions weren't opened, they used it as a festival um, spot, I think for Flower and Garden was the last time they used it. That's the mm -hmm. last time I've been in there. That's been in the last couple of years. But anyway, it will eventually become the Play Pavilion in this new yeah. version of Epcot. But it had a couple of attractions in there. Some of them like kind of cult classic popular things like Cranium Command, mm -hmm. which I know I've played some sounds from before. And you may remember that this is where the Making of Me show was. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of talked about this before. But if you don't know... There was a sign outside the attraction that gave the official warning for the attraction. So if you're not sure what the making of me is about based on the title, here's what the official warning outside the theater says. Quote, the making of me explores the sensitive subject of human reproduction and birth. This film contains spectacular images of fetal development as well as live footage of the birth process. We ask that you use discretion. Oh, oh. And it was narrated by Martin Short. And yeah. if you ever watch, like, you can go and just pull this up on YouTube and watch the video. It's a young Martin Short. Remember the sperm we said my dad had and the egg we said my mom had? Well, getting the sperm and the egg together is one of the great miracles of life. It's also one of those things that people like to do in private. But the truth is, when two people are in love, one of the loveliest things they can do is be as close together as possible. They might kiss hug. Another way that mature adults express their love for each other is to get so close that the man's sperm actually enters the woman's body. How this happens is, is truly one of the great grand secrets we share as human beings. But believe it or not, all of us, everyone who's ever been born, came into being because their parents made love, allowing the sperm and the egg to meet. Hello. That's just wild to me that that was a thing. Like, yes. when they get close enough for the atoms, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh boy. But I guess if you were a parent and you just didn't really want to explain it to your kids, you could be like, I'm going to let Disney do it. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't want to bother explaining it to your kids, you can pay 80 or $90 a day and go mm -hmm. have them sit in front of this show. That's just wild to me. Like, oh that, that's a, that that was a thing that would just never fly today. Mm -mm. Just the way that he explained it. Just so, so good. So good. Oh, all right. Let's move over to the Maelstrom, which I know you love, but it's now Frozen Ever After, and you love Frozen Ever After. I do um, like anyways, the attraction. How dare you? Yes. I feel like you're saying that in a mocking way. No, I love Frozen Ever way. After more. Doug likes okay. Maelstrom more, but it's okay. He's wrong. It's fine. <laughs> um, it opened in 1988 because Norway was not an opening day pavilion, as we talked about, um, and it closed in 2014. Uh, Frozen Ever After kept the same track layout, including the reverse drop. Believe it or not, this attraction was advertised as Epcot's first thrill ride. So, which, I mean, I guess that little, like, drop is pretty, you know, woo, for, for that time period, I guess. For I guess so. I mean, for Epcot. I guess if you compare Epcot, it to every yeah. other attraction at the time. Right. It's relatively a thrill because there's an incline on a, on a free-moving yeah. vehicle. Right. And you're in My the water gosh. and, you know. You are going backwards. The track so. has to move. And, like, that's a big deal, especially back then. Like, even now I'm, like, thinking about when tracks move. I'm like, that is just so crazy and cool that, like, yeah, they can do all that. Switch. Which 
Well, I mean, they do it for trains all the time, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's cooler. And if you've been on Maelstrom, you remember that you were going backwards at that point. Right now, it's when um, Elsa's singing her big let it go yes. number when like the crystals follow you down the sides of the wall, yes. right? So at that point, when it was Maelstrom, you were going backwards, but there was a hole in the pavilion that was out overlooking like the courtyard of the Norway pavilion. So mm-hmm. perhaps if it was your first time or if you're a kid, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be going over the fall like i'm going to be going out into the thing and down into like the little yeah water feature out there but obviously you stop the track would switch and you'd go forward mm-hmm. as a kid and you I, lived <laughs> well that's the thing like as a kid i remember like oh my gosh what if this is the one time it's gonna break that's before i knew what anxiety was and then obviously it never happened because right. it's on a track and it's safe and it's not supposed to do anything other than correct. it's a normal thing correct okay let's talk about one of my all-time favorite parade soundtracks and oh, yes. um this comes on during my runs often enough. I'll be playing it later this week when I go for my big run because it's like, I feel like it's Epcot week. Mm-hmm. Went to Epcot the other day to celebrate the 40th. We're talking about Epcot today. So, of course, this is going to be on there. But let's talk about the Tapestry of Nations. So, believe it or not, there was a parade in Epcot. I feel like we don't really talk about Epcot parades yeah. very often. With the exception of the cavalcades that happened um, in 2020, that was really like, I feel like right. the first almost parade-ish the, thing. The princess cavalcades, right? Yeah, well, there Where was they would drive the princess the princesses one. Around? They okay. had um, Mickey, too, in his little car and stuff. Yes, but the yeah. difference was in 2020 at that time, the park wasn't full capacity, so you could get a ride vehicle mm-hmm. around, a vehicle around, you know, the promenade. And um, now, generally speaking, there's too many people, right? Yeah. So anyway, the Tapestry of Nations was a parade that ran from 1999 to 2001. Not a long time. Mm-mm. Happened around the millennium. And it was one that was supposed to promote unity and world peace. It featured just a ton of large puppets and these big rotating drum units with drummers dressed as all kinds of different things like kings and just like royalty and stuff. And mm-hmm. it was it was a lot. You should definitely look it up because it's a lot of a lot of puppetry being involved there. But a full parade going around World Showcase. And although the audio, like the overall soundtrack, is about twenty minutes. Um, this little snippet is what I consider to be the best part of the Tapestry of Nations parade. me running around with this music oh on. yeah yeah it's Out of very control. um very inspiring i think so every time i hear it and now i think of and even just like the the rhythm of it makes me think of you because <laughs> how you danced the last time we played these <laughs> it's like burned in my brain and it's my favorite um the last thing we're going to talk about here in this section is illuminations reflections of earth do you want me to say it again illuminations reflections <laughs> of earth <laughs> there are a few versions of illuminations but the longest one is reflections of earth which ran from 1999 through 2019 so that was a really long time uh the original one was 1988 to 96 and um you're gonna play a sound clip for us aren't you i am and i want you if you don't know who this is see <laughs> if you can guess it we'll tell you who it is and maybe some characters this person has voiced yeah 
Um, but this is the beginning to Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, which always gives me like just a little bit of a chill, and I hope you get that too. This is almost like Disney ASMR for a moment. Good evening. On behalf of Walt Disney World, the place where dreams come true, we welcome all of you to Epcot and World Showcase. We're gathered here tonight around the fire as people of all lands have gathered for thousands and thousands of years before us to share the light and to share a story. An amazing story, as old as time itself, but still being written. And though each of us has our own individual stories to tell, a true adventure emerges when we bring them all together as one. We hope you enjoy our story tonight. Reflections of Earth. Whew. I'm getting a lot of unsolved mystery vibes from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. It still remains unsolved. If you're wondering what the was about, that's mm-hmm. when it uh, does the simulation of all of the torches being blown out uh-huh. um, around World Showcase. Mm-hmm. So that is the voice of Jim Cummings, mm-hmm. who has done over 400 voice roles in his career. Some of the ones you might know are Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Tasmanian Devil, not all of them Disney. Um, Darkwing Duck is another one. Just like, I mean, that's like scratching the surface, right? But um, so His normal if you... speaking voice, it gives me Tigger. Like... I feel yeah. like I can immediately pick up Tigger in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. The way he's talking, I was like, that's the one I heard, that comes um, out to me, even though I know he did Winnie the Pooh, but. I heard uh, also Pete. I think maybe that's like Sideshow Pete, like that mm. silly, that guy, right? From like, yes. the, anyway. But I heard, I think there's an evil character in the Darkwing Duck show. That's what mm. I heard when I okay. heard that. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what we call neck nuts when someone's voice is so deep. <laughs> Jim Cummings yes, got those neck nuts. Sure. Anyway, um, let's talk about some fun facts. Facts yeah. with a Z. Facts with a Z. The first one that we have is that uh, you probably didn't know this, but Epcot is twice the size of Magic Kingdom, and that spans 300 acres in total. Uh, yeah, so it's twice the size. Uh, the parking lot can accommodate over 11,000 cars, which is the second largest one on property, which is a lot of cars. Do you know what the first largest uh, parking lot is? I would think it's Magic Kingdom, but I feel it like you're going to tell me. Animal Kingdom. Animal, animal Kingdom. Kingdom. Okay. I was like, but I feel like you're going to tell me it's Animal Kingdom. <laughs> so it's the second one. That's crazy to think about, though, that Magic Kingdom isn't even the, the first two. Well, when they built, well, it, it's it's added some cars over time. Yeah, Actually, true. more recently, it, it might be closer to number one. But think about that lot was built in the whatever, late 60s, yeah. early 70s. So like yeah. when they, they built they Ma- uh, Animal Kingdom by 1998, they probably were able to anticipate yeah. a little more. And then uh, the last one that I'm going to, not the last one, but the next one I'm going to give you here is that the average daily visitors of Epcot is 34,000 people. That's a little bit low, I feel like, but. Well, average, right? Sometimes yeah. of the year it's more, sometimes it's less. Yeah. 30 is Definitely quite during a bit. the hurla days. <laughs> the hurla days. And um, fe- well, just considering like fest- how many festivals they have going, because there's always mm-hmm. a festival. So. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh, t- tell us a little bit about the land. Yeah, so the Land Pavilion grows more than 30 tons of fruits and vegetables every year. Um, I think it also holds the record for one of its tomato trees for growing the most tomatoes every year. I'm pretty sure that's a record it holds. 
Um, but I have a little bit more on the land because okay. I've walked in and out of that land pavilion just yeah. a bunch of times. And I've obviously noticed the um, mosaic tiles on the side, but mm-hmm. I never really given, I've never really given any thought to it um, until I was reading up on it. And the mosaics are representations of the layers of earth exposed after a volcanic eruption. So the left and right mosaics are identical except for one very small and specific thing. The right side has an emerald green tile and the left side has a ruby red one. If you're wondering what that is, the artists who made these mosaics couldn't sign their work with like an autograph at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So instead they included tiles of their children's birthstones. Oh. Unfortunately, the red one was stolen and never replaced, which is so sad. I mean, can you Yikes. imagine, like, that's bad news. Also, who's, like, how did they steal that? I mean... And why? Well, I think it might have actually been a ruby, so, like, oh. a gem. But still, okay. um, they, it wasn't really a ruby. It was a tile, but maybe right. they thought that it was. This is why we can't have nice things. Ugh, ridiculous. <laughs> and one more thing about the entrance to the land pavilion. So as you're walking up the land pavilion, the mosaics are on your left and your right, you may notice that the pavement is in two different colors. This Mm -hmm. is an extension of this volcano theme, which by the way, if you look at the land pavilion itself, it almost kind of looks like a volcano. Yes, it does. But anyway, the red pavement is supposed to symbolize hot lava and the black is supposed to represent cooled lava. All of this to tie into the the idea that volcanoes are sometimes the things that either shape or create land formations. So that's all happening here at the entrance to the land pavilion. Um, The Seas with Nemo and Friends Pavilion, which is like the Seas Pavilion, it features a 5.7 million gallon tank, which is the second largest one in the world. Do you know what the first one is? I do. And it wasn't (laughs) until that thing opened up, like well after this aquarium Mm -hmm. opened, or tank was built because for the, a while or the CU's pavilion at the time before it was uh, Nemo and Friends was the largest until the Georgia Aquarium opened up theirs and yeah. they were like hold my beer guys yeah. I got this big old giant aquarium we're gonna open they're like and hey, we got a white alligator oh wait it died just kidding <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways yeah so it's uh, the Georgia Aquarium and then the seas with Nemo and Friends uh, the big old tank there in the big blue world um, you did mention that there are festivals happening all the time at Epcot. Yep. We were talking about the average daily visitors, but do you know when they all started? So no. the most recent was the International Festival of the Arts, or Farts, Farts, which was 2017. The International Festival of the Holidays was also started in 2017. That's a big year for them. Yeah. So until then, they only had the two festivals, and 2017 mm-hmm. was the year of every season has a festival. You get right. a festival. You get right. a festival. Because they got smart. Uh, They're like, we can yeah. do something special year-round, and people are yes. like, yeah, let's do it. Well, think about it. If the one of the original like post-Walt ideas of Epcot was to treat it like a World's Fair, which, in other words, was like a rotating series of things, well, what better than a rotating series of festivals? Mm-hmm. I know not everyone necessarily agrees that festivals are the true Epcot spirit, but if you think of the festivals as things that rotate in and out and keep things fresh, it's kind mm-hmm. of like that, right? Well, and it's a further like celebration of cultures. Yes, so. it's two It's two in one, you could yeah. say. It's a twofer. So the Food and Wine Festival started in 95, and the oldest Epcot festival is, of course, the Flower and Garden Festival, yes. which started in 1994. So in two years, it'll be the 30th anniversary of the Flow and Gar. Yeah. No one calls it that. The Flower and Garden Festival. Um, okay, moving on. 
The World Showcase Promenade is, I love that you put in there promenade. It's the promenade. <laughs> Sounds so fancy. It is 1.2 miles long. So if you know you're in to do some walking, if you walking. are a mall walker and you really want to do some Disney mall walking, you can go to the promenade. It's 1.2 miles long, and the World Showcase Lagoon spans 40 acres. 40 acres. Some people don't even have 40 yeah. acres of land with their house. And I'm one of those some people. Some people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just some. These next two things I found out by a coworker of mine mm -hmm. who's done these things. So I'm excited to share these. So did you know that there was a time when the World Showcase featured double-decker buses that allowed you to get from points A and B, right? So basically, it would take you country to country. Yeah, I like, feel as like if I you do were... remember that. Yes, and I was talking to my coworker about this because he drove one of these buses around. A... I okay. mean, this was years ago, right? We're yeah. talking like a long, long time ago. And um, he said he was on a tight schedule, so he would like stop in front of the country. Guests would get on and off. And he said if he if it was time to go, he would go. Even if someone's like foot was like still partially on the ground, he'd be slamming that bus in gear and would be driving because that's like what they had to do. Well, to and stay it, on I guess that's thing. how it is in London. I don't know. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that go. keeps everyone in line, right? Yeah. Um, and that's it. And he's like, I asked him, I was like, how are you driving around? And there are guests like not in your way. And he's like, well, it was a different time. There weren't as many. Like it's not as crowded as it was. Now, don't forget, like there are no festivals or anything going right, on at this time, right? right? But still, he's like, yeah, people would be walking. You'd honk the horn. But if you think about it, they do it on Main Street. But now yeah. they have the, the parade and audience control people, which, by the way, they changed their title. They're a guest flow now. Ooh. So you have some guest flow cast yeah. who are in front of these um, vehicles that are kind of clearing away. But sometimes there isn't. Sometimes the trolley's coming down Main Street, and you just have to, like, get out of the way. So I can only imagine driving a bus around, yeah. a double-decker bus, no less. And um, just outside the park, um, as you know, there's a, a back entrance to the park called International Gateway that you can get to from the beach club, yacht club, boardwalk, and really the Swan and Dolphin resorts as well if you want to walk um, over there. But there was a time when you can arrive at that gateway by tram. So there was a tram that would yeah. pick up guests at the beach club and That's the yacht so club nice. and drive you around. This was before the boardwalk was built and would pull you up to the back of Epcot. Why, and why if, did it go away? Why did well, it go away? Well, a couple away? of things. Once they built the boardwalk, they didn't want to drive the vehicle over like the slatted wood part of the boardwalk, which mm -hmm. I get it. And it became yeah. more of like a destination than just like a walkway outside of a resort. But before they built the Skyliner, you might remember a a concrete loop over where the Skyliner is now. And if you looked at it, you just would think like, huh, that's mm, kind of strange. It was like a big oval. That's where, the, that's where the tram would pull in and out and have to turn around. Because if you think about it, in most places, like in front of the parks, there's always like a turnaround yeah. spot for the tram. That's yeah. where it was for the International Interesting. Gateway. Interesting. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also there. found out that the cabins of the trams are air conditioned in case they were then and they are there now. But he was telling me that yeah. um, the tram that he used to drive in back there was a little bit smaller than the ones that are in the parks now because it was, you know, um, carrying fewer guests. But yeah. he said that the air conditioning unit was at the top. So your head would be freezing, but like oh, your waist God. down, you'd be sweating. He you'd said be it was like, it out. yes. You probably couldn't move where the air was like Just going. Just so strange. Man. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. All right. The next thing on our list is that to celebrate the millennium, this is one of my favorites, a giant wand was added to the side of Spaceship Earth that pointed to the giant text that read 2000. <laughs> After that, the text was replaced with Epcot until 2007. And then all of it was removed. The wand and the text together was 257 feet tall and it weighed 100,000 pounds. <laughs> I liked the wand. I thought. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, I like the little touch of it too. Do I still to have it. 
I was going through some old photos and I found a photo of Epcot with the wand on it and it says Epcot. It wasn't the 2001 because mm, they changed it to okay. Epcot. I don't know what I did with it, but it's sitting around here somewhere. Let's talk about some uh, more World showcase stuff. So yeah. Christina Aguilera's 1998 music video for her cover of Reflection from Mulan was shot. Who is that girl <laughs> I see staring straight back at me? <laughs> so good. It was partially shot at Epcot's China Pavilion. Mm-hmm. If you... Check out some of the background scenes in the video. You can see the Temple of Heaven there at yes. the Epcot uh, China Pavilion in the music video. Also seen at Epcot, Christina Aguilera by the Mouselets. Well, yes. we're the only one of them. And the other one, <laughs> she didn't see the right person, but it's fine. In, in disbelief, maybe. Still a celebrity sighting. <laughs> the next thing is that the, the train set in Germany, the train set in the Germany Pavilion. Did you know that it changes with the seasons? In the spring, the tiny village is decorated for the Flower and Garden Festival. And in the fall, it features tables of food and small food and wine banners. And in the winter, it gets added uh, to like with festive decor for the holidays. I yeah. feel like I did know that. Maybe I didn't realize it for other things, but I've definitely seen it when we were there for holidays. Yeah. So, so. by the way, if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, there's a little tiny train mm-hmm. community thing, right? Like a little tiny village yeah. with a train set in it. If you're looking at the Germany Pavilion, it's off to the right, like right next to the bathrooms. Yeah. In between that and the next And you can pavilion. like walk in the middle of it. Like walk you can. There's the a, middle there's of it. There's a walkway in the middle. It's got a little train that produces a little puff of smoke every now and then. Yes. Um, so the train actually works. Go look at it. Yes, it's really cool. You got to check it out because like mm-hmm. legit, it has little tiny, it's the same food and wine banners that are in actual Epcot. Like mm-hmm. whatever the, the logo is, you know, sometimes like the colors change a little bit. Um, that's what it'll be. They have little tables yeah. out with food. Like Somebody it's, has it's to really make those cool. Little banners. Little, little tiny banners. (laughs) Um, I have two more little um, did you knows, almost like nugs about um, some pavilions, one of which is the Mexico Pavilion. And if you've ever been to the Mexico Pavilion, pavilion, and you're looking at, if you're looking at a Denon, off to the right, there's a lot of plant life, right? You ever Mm -hmm. notice that? This is like in between the pavilion, like the actual like main structure and where you can do the, the Mexico Donald meet and greet. Yeah. There's a walkway. It's now a, uh, you know, for guests with disabilities. But did you know that that was originally supposed to be the entrance, the only entrance into the pavilion? And it was meant to be like you're walking through a jungle Ooh. to get to that, what is essentially like a, a, a temple there. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, too many guests were having a hard time figuring out where the entrance was, <laughs> that they had to undo it. And then they just put stairs on the front. And then it wound up being... They were like, um, it was going to be ramp. really cool, but, you know, America. So <laughs> we had to change but, it. Yes. But now it's it serves as a ramp um, mm-hmm. for, you know, guests on wheels. And um, so there's that. But there's often some really cool flowers and stuff back there mm-hmm. that aren't really anywhere else that I've noticed. So if you want to pretend you're in a jungle, you can walk down that walkway to the right of the Mexico Pavilion. So our last Epcot fun fact mm-hmm. is about the France Pavilion. And France. I think we all know that it's not the true Eiffel Tower back there, right? It's what? a replica. And the bottom portion of it isn't even fully done because you can't see it. Yeah. But anyway. You know how um, I know it's not the real one? Because the real one is in Las Vegas. Oh, yes. Everyone knows. <laughs> the real one's in Vegas. Um, and just like with other things in the Disney park, some force perspective is used to make it look like it's the real one, to make it look like it's it's full size. But 
um, there are some deterrents at the top of it to prevent birds from congregating Pooping. and duking mm-hmm. on it, which makes sense, right? I feel like the poop thing makes sense. But yeah. part of the reason why Disney doesn't want birds up there is a bird on top of the fake Eiffel Tower will ruin the illusion. Yeah. It's either going to make the bird look giant That's or true. the bird looks normal, but the top of the tower is super tiny. Right. Do we know what they have up there? They, about this, like, You've seen like, the, like, those, like those needle things. Sometimes yeah. they're so thin you can't see it, but just so that they have nowhere Sometimes to land. Sometimes birds accidentally land there and stick to them. It's fine. Whoops. And then they're rotisserie <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> so good. I feel like there's more sound clips that we have. Yes. So the okay. last two things that I hope you all will indulge me on, and I guess if you don't want to indulge, you can just fast forward. But um, two more what I call iconic uh, pieces of Epcot music. Um, this one, I feel like you may have heard this before. They played okay. a little bit in Epcot forever, but it was actually featured within Spaceship Earth. So okay. here's a little bit of that. Tomorrow's child. Tomorrow's Here it is. There was a lot of like, okay, we need like one or two adults to sing and then we need a bunch of kids. Like (laughs) that was their thing. It was like, yeah, but do we have kids? You got a bunch of kids singing? No, you got to go back, go back. You got to get a bunch of kids singing. Find a chorus. I don't know. Just look. It was a formula that worked for them. Tomorrow's child. Well, if you thought that was an earworm, I have what I think is the (laughs) ultimate Epcot earworm for us to round out our Epcot 40th anniversary special. Mm -hmm. This comes to us from an attraction that's still there. The Living with the Land attraction Mm -hmm. is still there. But this song was rudely taken away from that attraction. So here it is, America's number one top requested song of of our lifetime. Listen to the land. Just make believe You're a tiny little seed A tiny little seed that's reaching up To meet your need With the right amount of faith And the right amount of earth You'll grow to see the sunshine On your day of birth Let's listen to the land we all love Nature's plan will shine above Listen to the land Listen to the land Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land. Listen to the land. Your theory is correct. What did I tell you? I said it. One or two adults, usually one, and a bunch of kids. Oh my goodness. I mean, you are a little, you, we do start as a little seed, you know, he's not wrong. Yes. Well, that's what we learned from the making of me with Martin Short. We (laughs) do start as a seed. Oh, man. So this week, we're not doing any news nugs. We're not doing any history because it's all about Epcot. If you like what you heard today, feel free to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you'd like. That way others can locate us easier on their platform of choice in this grand world of Disney podcast. If you want, we can get some adults to sing and a bunch of kids, if that'll help. Um, You can also follow us along with us on our Instagram or TikTok at That Park Life Podcast. 
you can leave us a, um, a question as well. We do have an Instagram highlight. It's called Ask Beth and Greg. So if you have Disney questions, you can throw those over there. We'll do some questions for you on the pod. Uh, if you want to follow our personal Instagram accounts, I am at the real Beth McDonald. And I am at the Disney Greg. Yes. And as always, if you want to submit a request for an episode, share a magical cast member moment, or just simply share some Disney magic with loved ones who can't get to the parks, you can head over to our website. It's thatparklifepodcast.com and submit a magic gram. It's free for everyone because we love sharing the magic. All right. I've got a quote from Walter Elias Disney. And although this wasn't specifically about Epcot, I do think it applies to the overall vision of Epcot that Walt had wanted, the one that kind of was created by the company after he left us and hopefully in the future. And Walt once said, quote, laughter is timeless. Imagination has no age and dreams are forever. Mm. With that, we will see you all next week for a Disney locals must do episode with Kirk who you may follow on Instagram or TikTok at Walrus Carp Clothing. And I did mm-hmm. say I had a total of 17 sound clips. And if you've been paying attention, we've only played 16. So we will leave you with one with one more little ditty from Epcot. Right. Just listen to Lan- Oh No, no not, not that one. one. Okay, sorry. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>